Hey there and welcome to Soul Church. Our prayer is that this message encourages you wherever you may be in life. You know, we've been hearing so many stories about what God is doing in people's lives and we'd love to hear yours. So take a second and send your story to stories at soulchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us today and we hope that you enjoy the message. God bless. Hey, could you place your hand on your heart? I believe God's going to speak to us today. And we had an awesome 8.30 uh, service already. And God's just moving in the 10.30, eh? This one's just electric. So let's pray. Father, I, I thank you that in this series of alignment, that you're aligning our hearts to be more like you. God, I know that you've got a word for every single one of us right now. And I pray that you speak to us directly, clearly, speak into our weeks, speak into our situations into our family's lives. God, I pray that words are spoken and you give us thoughts right now directly from heaven that would change us, not only for days to come, but for months and for years to come. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Guys, you can take your seats. Say hello to the person next to you. Maybe introduce yourself. Maybe don't introduce yourself. If you've got any snacks with you for church, I think it's good to share, especially any bread sauce croissants or the cinnamon buns. Who's had a cinnamon bun from bread sauce? Whoo, number level. Matt Garner's straight up. Yes, very good. Those of you online, you need to get yourself to bread sauce and you can get bread sauce at our cafe. So next week, get down here. It's great to have you. Well, um, I think about two weeks, three weeks ago, I was chatting to my good friend. Uh, he's a mentor of mine, a guy called Tim Hawkins. I didn't expect you to know him, but that's his name, Tim Hawkins. And uh, uh, he's an Aussie. He's an Aussie. And he's um, from uh, Australia, because he's an Aussie. But he's moved to South Africa with his wife. He's in his 70s. And he's one of these blokes that just oozes wisdom. Like, literally oozes wisdom. He had 42 years as a youth pastor and I just catch up with him regularly and you know one of these guys you just ask him anything, literally anything and he's got a real wise answer and so I was just chatting to him, we were just talking about the last 19 months and I said how, how did you find like lockdown and stuff because obviously South Africa has been a little bit different. Have you got any Saffers in the house? Hey! Good to have you guys, welcome. The best biltong, that's what you need to get. Go and find a South African and be like where do you get your biltong from? and buy some. But I was chatting to him. <laughs> I get distracted a lot. That's why I think I work a lot of young people because <laughs> I get distracted. But I was chatting to Tim and I was talking to Tim. I said, what have you learned over the last 18 months? Sharing a bit. And he said, took the same thing to me. And I said, you know what? I, I never realized how useful Amazon Prime is. Put your hands up if you're an Amazon Prime lover. Oh, so good, isn't it? And I was chatting to him about it and he said, Sam, let me stop you there. I said, what's up? He said, we haven't got Amazon in South Africa. I said, what do you mean? He says, we don't get Amazon in South Africa. He said, you get it in Australia, but you don't get it in South Africa. And I was like, Tim, well, what do you do when you need something next day? You want something, you need it, you get it delivered, right? He said, well, funny you say that, I have to collect all of my Amazon orders, send it to my friend's address in America, then get it shipped from America to South Africa, and for it to go through customs there, he says, it can take about a month. And I was just shocked. I was like, Tim, you don't know what you're missing out on. Because 
The reality is we live in a world, well, I live in a world, I'm not sure about you, but if I want something, like, I want it now. Like, I love it now. You can get same-day delivery on stuff. That's a game-changer. And I haven't got time for, to wait for it. Uh, this week, we had a, a, a group, when you guys were doing sisterhoods, we had the, the brotherhood. We, met, we had pizza on a Friday night. Now, just to give you a, an insight into the generation that I'm part of, um, we had a, like pizza ovens. Matt Gardner made an incredible pizza. Carl Weathers brought down his uni. It was very cool. But you have to make pizza dough, right? And I didn't want to make pizza dough. So what do you do? Buy it online. And so I got it delivered to my door. Now, it's the coolest thing ever because it came sitting on dry ice. And dry ice has a big label. Any packaging of dry ice, it says, do not touch. So guess what I did? And it is really cold and it does burn. So don't do that. But we live in this generation, right? We live in this generation where we want something, we want it now. And I'm pretty certain that some guys watching online, you're in that because you're on the online world. And um, we all want to get stuff right, right now because we want it. And we don't want to wait for it. But then they have, all have the same issue. We worry about where it's going to get delivered or worry about who's going to be in or where they're going to leave it. We're going to get into the word, but just before we do that, this is a place of honesty. Just put your hand up if in, you're in what I call a subscription syndicate. This means you don't pay for your own Amazon Prime, your Netflix, or your Spotify, and, and you, you're like me, and you steal it maybe off your parents, off your friends. Yeah, I thought so. Well done for fessing up, guys. Good job. The subscription syndicates are the way to go. Okay, let's get into the word. But on a serious note, right? We're all been in places of wanting. I'm, I'm sure for many of you guys, you've wanted to go on holiday. Um, maybe you've wanted to redo the bathroom. Maybe you are wanting the kids to go back to school. Ooh, one more week. Maybe, um, maybe you're in that moment of waiting. You, you're waiting for a job promotion. You're waiting to buy a house. Maybe you, you're waiting to become grandparents and you're waiting for grandkids. You're like, hurry up. Um, maybe you're, you're waiting to meet the one. Ooh. Maybe you're waiting to get the dream job, waiting to go to uni, waiting to go to college. Maybe you're waiting just to find someone that loves you for you. Maybe you're in a point of waiting where you feel like you've waited for so long, you now just worry that it's never going to happen. You wanted something, you waited for it, and now you're just in that point of saying, I'm just worried this is never going to happen. Maybe I've, I've missed the boat. Maybe I'm too old. Maybe that dream's long gone. Maybe I'm never going to be truly loved. And, and we find ourselves giving up, settling for second best, uh, quitting. And we get caught in our own concerns, our own worries, our own anxieties. And never, I don't think, has a society been so crippled by anxiety than us. And I don't know about you, but I think we can all relate to that. There's not a single one of us who hasn't wanted, waited, and then proceeded to worry about that whole process. What I've loved most about this alignment series we find ourselves in is that really Pastor John and Steve spoke last week and we've been looking about how can we align our lives to be more like Christ? How can God speak into our lives so we can align ourselves more to what he wants us to be aligned to? And there's this scripture in 1 Corinthians 
chapter 2, verse 16. I'm going to read the NIV first. It says this in the NIV. Who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ, which is pretty cool. And then sometimes when I don't understand a translation first time around, I'll go and find another translation and see if I can get a clearer picture. And I really like what the Passion said, because the Passion said this, for who has ever intimately known the mind of the Lord well enough to become his counsellor? Christ has, and we possess Christ's perceptions. And I believe that in this alignment series that, that God wants to understand a little bit more about how he wants us to think about our lives, how he wants us to think about our futures, how he wants to think about the situation we're in. And nothing is going to change our life faster or in a deeper way than the word of God. Like we're a church that's passionate about the Bible. And because of that, we're going to get in it today. Is that all right? We're going to sit in Romans chapter 8 and we're going to look at kind of a few verses there. So please do after this um, service, go away and have a read of it. Maybe just say this week I'm going to work my way through it. But we're going to look at Romans chapter 8 verses 18 to 30 today. And we're going to start off in um, verse 18. Now, the book of Romans was written by Paul for the Romans. Duh. <laughs> Clever that, isn't it? And it holds some real truth that we can live by today. And um, there's this verse, these few verses that highlight the same issues we're talking about, about wanting, waiting, and worrying. And it starts in verse 18. It says this, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. See, I believe that Paul's writing directly into the situation, our position of wanting, our, our position of wanting a situation to change, maybe uh, enduring suffering and just saying, I, I need this to end. And maybe that's you today. Maybe you've come to church and you're like, I, I need something to shift. I, I need the, the gears to change. Like, I can't keep going on like this. And maybe you want something to move forward. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe um, it's something... Uh, at work, you're like, I need this to develop. I need my career to progress. Maybe at home, there's just an atmosphere, a culture which you can't shift, you don't like, and you're like, what do I do? Maybe you just wanted something to move in your life. And, and Paul recognizes this. You see, what I love about Paul is that he writes, and he has this incredible insight into what God's doing, but he also is man to so experience life, doesn't he? And he knows hunger. He, he understands emptiness. Uh, and he can understand the desire for your life to move forward, to feel satisfied. Simply wanting to have a purpose, maybe. Uh, wanting to be known, wanting to be accepted, wanting to feel happy. The same many of us would experience through different periods of our lives. Maybe you feel like there's a void in your life that you finally want to be full. But then we can have this uh, tension in our lives, right? Because we're aware of how good our lives are. I thought it was great as we're able to make a difference in Haiti and Afghanistan because we see in the news that you're like, actually, my life is unbelievable compared to what many people are going through. I'm so fortunate. I'm so blessed. And then you feel guilty for wanting to see your life change, right? We know we have so much and we're so grateful, but yet we can all experience this suffering, this unsatisfied life, this empty life. In the book of Peter, 1 Peter, uh, chapter 1, verse 18, I think this kind of emptiness is summed up really well. It says, For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, 
that you were redeemed from that empty way of life, handed down to you from your ancestors. I'm pretty certain that there are people here that can relate to that empty way of life. There is only one philosopher <laughs> that I can quote off by heart. I always think it's impressive when someone says, like Mooney did earlier, who was that, Wesley? It's pretty impressive, isn't it? You should quote that. I've only got one philosopher, and I use him all the time. <laughs> I think because I can't remember anything else. But it's this guy called Pascal. He's a French philosopher, 16th century. And he says this. He says that inside the heart of every man, just remember, he's 16th century, so he wasn't that clued up on you know, the gender equality stuff. So he would have said man or woman. He just said man. He said inside the heart of every man is a God-shaped vacuum that can only be satisfied with a relationship to God through Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I had time in my life, 2015, you might have heard my story before, but I was at uni, I was in my third year, I'd just come back from interrailing around Europe, like my Instagram looked incredible, looked like a holiday brochure, I was living the, I was living the life, uh, but I was still so empty. I, I knew what it was to have the empty way of life. Maybe that's where you're at today. You're like, oh, yeah, on the outside, everyone thinks I've got it all together, but oh my gosh, I'm empty. In Romans, Paul talks directly to that, doesn't he? Verse 18, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Maybe you're like me and you're like, well, that's great, Sam, but what does that mean? What does that mean? What does that mean to us? What does that mean to you? What does that mean to me? What does that mean to my Monday? You see, I think Paul is telling something profound to us. He's saying that, that something will satisfy the wanting. Something will satisfy the emptiness, the, the feeling of being alone, not having enough. See, I think what Paul is touching on is saying, if you're in a place of wanting, I want you to know that God has got a plan for your life. God has got a plan for your life, and he's going to reveal it to you. You might have heard one of the most quoted scriptures ever, Jeremiah 29, 11. But I feel like we need to quote it because it's such a good scripture. It says, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. You see, God has got plans, plural, multiple plans for your life. So you don't simply just want aimlessly. That there is more in store. That, that he's got something just for you. But at the same time it's just for you, it's also not just for you. Because when we go back to looking at that verse in Romans, we now go on to Verse 19, so we did verse 18. Now verse 19, it says this. It says, the entire universe is standing on tiptoe, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. You see, what I love most about the plans that God places on your life is not only is he given everyone a plan. He says, I've got plans for you. But he says, but he doesn't stay contained to you. You see, these plans that God's given you, he's actually, they're going to be a force for good in this world. And actually, the whole of the universe is on its tiptoes. I love that idea. That the whole world is watching you because they're saying, I need you to do the things that I've called you to do. Because there's only one of you. 
And only you can be that force for good. Because I haven't put anyone else. It's the plan that I've assigned to you. You see, the plan that God has for your life has a far wider impact than you. Far wider impact than you. But then we have this tension, right? Because you're saying, well, I know that God's got a plan for my life. Because I've been told since I was little. Maybe you grew up in church. Maybe you grew up in Sunday school. You're like, I'm aware of that. Or maybe you've just been around here long enough. You're like, yep, I've heard Pastor John preach it. I've heard Steve preach it. I've heard Rachel preach it. I've heard Chantel preach it. Pastor Chantel preach it. I've heard so many people preach on this. And I understand there's a plan for my life. But I'm just waiting. Oh, put your hand up if you love waiting. (laughs) No. (laughs) Waiting sucks, isn't it? Oh, I hate waiting. How can I trust God with a, bitch, big, with a big picture? How can I trust God with the, with the plan? I've got to wait. It's a horrible place to be. Stuck in limbo. Who, who knows? Like Maybe you've ordered a taxi or you've got a train to catch. And you know you've got like an hour. But it's just an awful hour, isn't it? I just like walk around. I remember when I lived at home and I was like going back to Norwich for uni. And mum was like, why don't you sit down? I'm like, oh, I've got a train to catch. She's like, yeah, it's not for like an hour. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know. You just can't sit down, can you? Because it, it, it's a horrible place to be. But maybe you, you've experienced waiting like a, in, a, in a waiting room in a hospital or, or waiting for your tests. All the guys who just got their A-levels and GCSEs, they had like a few months of just waiting. You just try and ignore it, pretend it's not there. Maybe you're waiting to get called into that meeting. You're like, I don't know what's going to happen. We've all been there. You see, the thing I've realized about waiting is the reason we don't like it is because waiting can challenge our identity. That's the reality. Is when we're stuck um, between the place of origin and, and the destination, we can be restless. And there's this feeling of being out in the cold with, with no place to call home. That's what that feels right. I, And Paul knows exactly how that feels. He says, not only do you feel it, but the whole world feels it. Because when we wait for change, we don't know the impact that it's going to have on our life. Uh, Romans 8.22 puts it like this. It says, we know that the whole creation has been groaning, as in the pains of childbirth, right up until the present time. Like the whole of the world has been waiting in this period of waiting, groaning, going, oh my gosh, when's it going to happen? You see, I, I, I like how Paul uses that image of childbirth. I think it's an interesting one where it's, it's painful, right? But often, if everything goes well, it brings through new life. And, it, and Paul uses it because he's saying there's a period of waiting, but out of the waiting is a place of new life. You see, in your waiting, God's got something for you. Yes, there's pain. Yes, there's loss. Yes, there's all these things, but through it, the whole of creation is groaning, groaning. But there's new life. You see, just after that, in verse 23, Paul starts talking about this new identity. In the same way as a, a mother births a child, there's a new identity on that child. There's a life on that child. And I believe God wants to birth new identity and a new life 
unto you. So that in the waiting, in this season of restlessness, in this season of just, I don't know what's happening, there's going to be a new identity placed on you. There's going to be a new strength placed on you. Romans 8, 23, uh, 23 to 25, it says this, and it's not just creation. We have already experienced the first fruits of the Spirit also inwardly grow, grown as we passionately long to experience our full status as sons and daughters of God, including our physical bodies being transformed. So how do we wait? How do we wait in that moment where you're saying things haven't gone to plan, the bus hasn't turned up on time, I feel like I've missed a flight. I feel like the results I got back weren't the results I wanted. I feel like the news I got back wasn't the news I wanted. It wasn't what I expected. How do we deal in that, that moment of waiting? Well, we need to know our place. We need to know the place we're waiting in. And the place we're talking about isn't something geographic. It's not Four Mason Road. It's not Carrow Road. It's not Royal Norwich Golf Course. It's not Pleasure Hills. Some good places to wait there. No, no, the places we wait is knowing our place as a child of God. We've got to know our, our identity. We've got to know that God sees us as his child. And because of that, he cares for us. Even in a time where it feels like I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for something to happen. I'm just waiting for you to speak, God. I'm just waiting. You see, God wants you to confidently wait. As sons and as daughters, knowing that your heavenly father has not only got a plan for your life, but he's also got a place for you. You see, I love this psalm, Psalm uh, 27 verse 14. It says this, wait for the Lord, be strong, take heart and wait for the Lord. And the, the Passion Translation puts it, kind of stretches it out a bit, which I like. And he, he talks about this, he says, he says, here's what I've learned through it all. Don't give up. Maybe you're here today and you just got to hear that. Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't be impatient. Be entwined as one with the Lord. Be brave and courageous. Never lose hope. Keep on waiting, for He will never disappoint you. You see, if you're in a season of waiting, God has got a place for you, and He's got a place where you can know your identity. When we realize that and we align ourselves to the, the plan and the place for us to be, we can recognize that there, there, is this, there is this plan and there is this place that God wants us to dwell from. But how do we deal with the, the worry? Because that doesn't go. Like when my pizza got delivered, I, I knew there was a plan for it to get delivered. And I knew there was a place. I said, well, by my front door. <laughs> right? Still worried about it. I was like, hey, Chloe, can you go, and check up, check if, go around mine and see if the pizza's delivered? She was like, no. But of course you did. Because <laughs> I was worrying, right? Maybe that's you. Maybe it's not about pizza. Though. Maybe it's about something else. You know there's a plan for it. You know there's a place for it. But you're worried. You're worried. How do we deal with that anxiety? I was just looking at some stats again because, you know, I thought that's what preachers do. They look at stats. <laughs> Check the Daily Mail. No, don't do that for your stats. <laughs> They'll be wrong. I was just looking at um, Mind, actually. It's a uh, mental health charity. 
And he said one in six adults experience anxiety once a week, like a serious anxiety once a week. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if that's false, but it sounds pretty accurate, so I use it. But I think that's fair enough. I think I'm probably in the same boat. I think I'm probably have some serious worry at least once a week. Like most of us do. So how do we deal with that? You see, this is what I love. And Paul's writing right into this. Paul knew we were going to live in a world of worry. Paul knew that, that this life was going to be full of trials. This life was going to be full of stuff that would just knock us for six. And he tells us this truth. And I thought it was funny that Pastor Chantel shared it right at the start of the service. Romans eight twenty eight. We know that in all things, God works for good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. You see, we can take peace from knowing that despite our wanting, despite our waiting, even in our worrying, that in all things, God's going to work it for good. In all things, God's going to come through. Maybe you're living in that world of worry and God wants you to know that he's got peace for you. He actually believe it, today, I believe that if you're experiencing worry, that he actually wants to exchange that for peace. He wants to exchange that concern, that anxiety for peace. Say, hey, I'm going to work it for good. I'm going to work it for good. So God wants to align our thinking. He knows that there's a plan for our life. There's a place for us to dwell from. But finally, he wants us to experience the peace of God. Maybe you've come into church and you're like, man, all I've done all week, I've wanted, I've waited, and I've worried about it. And at the moment on my schedule, on Monday, I'm going to do it all over again. I know I'm guilty of it. We've all had this mindset, don't we? We've been wanting something so bad you can get distracted I brought a strimmer this week petrol two stroke Facebook marketplace was up for 30 quid got it for 22 quid from Essex didn't I Del boy and you're thinking why is he telling this story the one thing the reason why I got the strimmer for 22 quid was um yeah, it doesn't work. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> doesn't work. So, you know, being the jack of all trades, how hard can it be? It's a two-stroke engine. Lads, I reckon you can relate to this. So I bought this trimmer. I wanted it. I wanted it to work. Because I wanted it, I just kind of got consumed by it. So I reckon I probably spent maybe four hours this week watching YouTube videos, how to clean carburetors right that's what you do and um, God kind of spoke to me in it because Chloe's like what are you doing I'm like watching YouTube videos on cleaning carburetors old men in their garages <laughs> with like WD-40 making it happen but what happens is that when we want something we can be so distracted just by that wanting that we can lose sight of what God's saying to us Maybe you're in that moment, you're like, yeah, I just wanted something for so long. And I think God wants to speak to us today. 
I think God wants to speak directly into where you're at. Maybe you can relate to like, yeah, I've been completely distracted from the things that you want for me because I've just wanted something so bad. I've forgotten that you've got a plan for my life. The good news is the stream has started. Wee. And I think that's the thing we've just got to know that the things that we want, God's going to bring through because he's got a plan. He's got a purpose. He's got a place for you to dwell. And over all of that, he's got your peace for you to dwell in. And you ain't got to worry about those things. Just keep your eyes on God and all those other things will come through. Just keep your identity as a son and daughter. I love that. Just check in with the Heavenly Father every day. Okay, what do you want, God? You know, have you ever seen the kids come out of Soul Kids? They're like, Mummy, Daddy, I want pizza for lunch. I want McDonald's. Now, God knows all the desires of your heart, doesn't he? He knows the desires of your heart. You've, those of you who are parents, you probably know exactly. As soon as your kid comes out of there, they're going to start asking about that Nintendo again. They're going to ask for ice cream for lunch. Right? Because you know your kids. That's how God sees us. So I'd love every one of you to stand in here and maybe you can relate to those moments. Those moments of wanting, those moments of waiting, those moments of worrying. I think we probably all can relate to that. And if that's you, I'm going to ask everyone to close their eyes. It's a personal moment. And if you're saying, yeah, actually, I need to give some things back to God. I need to realign myself. I need to realign myself just reminding myself that I know God you've got a plan for my life that you've got a place for me and there's peace that I can receive from you I just want you to hold out your hands just as kind of a response I know for some of you you're all on your own journey and that's absolutely fine but many of you guys are like yeah that's me I've just wanting this career to go or oh I've tried so hard to make this work but God where are you in it I really believe that this week you're going to see a shift in things that you're going to give something to God now and he's going to go, finally. <laughs> I'll do it. I'll breathe on it. He's God after all. Hey, I'd love to pray for every single one of you who are experiencing that right now. And yeah, Father, we just thank you. God, we thank you that you've placed desires in our heart and none of them are, you know, bad things, but maybe we just forget you in it. Maybe we just forget, God, that you've got a plan for our life. That God, most importantly, we need to recognize that we are, we are your children. There's a place for us to dwell from. There's an identity for us to dwell from. And God, I pray right now for every single person here that's dealing with anxiety, dealing with um, yeah, mental health things that are just keeping them up at night. Maybe it's maybe not even, we wouldn't even call it mental health, but it's just anxiety, God. I know we can all have it. Just concern things that keep looming over us. God, I pray that your peace would supernaturally just completely envelop them, completely envelop them this week, that they would no longer have those concerns, that they would know that in their wanting and in their waiting, that you're there, that you're with them, that you're saying, hey, I've got a plan for you. Hey, I've got a place for you to live from. Hey, here's my supernatural peace. Don't worry, trust me. I'm working all things for good to those that love him. I'm the King of kings and I'm the Lord of lords. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, I'm also aware that in a room this size that there are going to be some people that never filled that void that I was speaking about, that 
Pascal, that French philosopher, spoke about. You've never filled that void. And maybe you've been trying to fill that void. That's where I was, 2015. Literally, we've been chasing, trying to fill that space for so long. And it is tiring and it is draining. And you just get broken again and again and again. You try and fill it with relationships, try and fill it with money, try and fill it with material things, try and fill it with identity stuff, whatever it is. And maybe that's where you are today. You're like, yep, I've come to church because I didn't know what else to do. Or maybe I've been dragged here by someone. But something has happened in this service, maybe it's in the worship, maybe whatever it is. You're like, yeah, actually, there's something different about this. I need to respond. I need to ask God to fill that void. It comes from having a relationship with Jesus Christ. And it comes by recognizing that he died a death so you could have life. The good news was that Jesus didn't stay dead. He rose again. It's the victory of the cross. Now, it's pretty awesome. And if you keep coming back to church, you'll find out more about the cross. But what I'd love to do is I'd love to extend an invitation out to you. Saying, if you want to respond and make Jesus your saviour, if you want to respond and say, I don't want to have this void. I don't want to have this God-shaped vacuum. God is made in your shape, so you might as well fill it. I'd just love to say a real prayer with you so again I'm going to ask everyone to close their eyes because it's a personal moment I'm going to count to three when I say three if you're like I want to be included in this prayer I'm going to put I should put your hand up the reason why is because I just want to know who I'm praying with so one Jesus loves you two take the courage today to say yeah actually I need to have a relationship with you God three right now all over this room put your hands up if you want to say a prayer hey that's awesome thank you Thank you at the back over there. That's awesome. Hey, once you put your hand up, you can just put it down again. The great thing about saying yes to Jesus, remember that scripture I read about realizing our fullness as sons and daughters. Sons and daughters only exist within family. So you're now welcomed into the family of Christ. The good thing about family is family cheer each other on and they support one another and they pray together. That's what family does. So you're not going to say this prayer alone. We're going to say it as a family. Is that all right, church? All you brothers and sisters out there? All right, can you repeat after me? Dear Father, right now, I give you my life. I'm sorry for living life without you. From this day forward, I'm going to live for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, let's give those guys a huge round of applause. Hey, that's awesome. It's amazing to see people respond to Jesus. And when we align our lives to God, oh, it's an exciting journey. And things are just going to start beginning. And uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to watch how God's going to just keep doing some incredible things in your life. And um, you're not going to do this journey alone. We've got actually a gift for you, which is really cool. It's a Bible. And... uh, Remember what he said about the Bible. It changes your life. Honestly, this will change your faster than any diet, any smoothies, any kombucha. Is that how you say it? Ooh, gross stuff. Get a Bible in you. <laughs> and we've got some team who are going to be outside and uh, they'd love to pray with you, talk with you. We've actually got Alpha starting on the 15th of September. Now you're thinking, what is Alpha? Well, Alpha is kind of that A to Z of all things. Actually, not at all, but it's a really good course. But how do you find out your faith? And how, what does it mean? And 
what do we believe in and how, how should I walk as a follower of Jesus and what does it even look like and um, there's going to be some people there that would love to take you on that course and there's dinner involved and it's awesome my Chloe is going to run a table she said she is she's running a group so you might end up in Chloe's group that'd be cool you'll enjoy that one and uh, it's awesome so let's give a round of applause uh, for these guys hey I know for some of you online watching I haven't forgotten about you either if you said uh, that prayer of me today that's an awesome job and hey put a comment if you feel bold enough but there's also some stuff online where you can respond Um, send us an email and we'd love to uh, walk this journey with you wherever you are around the world maybe there's even a local church that you can even attend on a Sunday but if not keep keep coming online with us but uh, hey guys you're awesome that help it helped me Thanks again for tuning in. And if you said the salvation prayer today, we'd love for you to email connecttofaith at soulchurch.com so we can talk to you a little bit more about this incredible decision that you've just made. Yeah, you know, and if at any point in the service you felt moved to give towards any of our local or global initiatives, then head to soulchurch.com and click on the giving at the top of the page. Thanks again for joining us today. And we hope to see you again soon. God bless.